wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate your support and love. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Welcome to the giant podcast tent in the sky, where we have the most brilliant minds and uh, guests from all over the world, from all over the genres, and uh, all their latest and hottest books, and we have one today. We're going to be talking about the evolution of the human brain. Those of you need some more evolution, so uh, we're going to have a guest on to talk about how you can elevate your brain function more, although some of you may be just kind of stuck i don't know i've seen i've seen the human race it's it needs some help uh he's the author of the latest book comes out august 15th 2023 the connected species uh how the evolution of the human brain can save the world by mark a williams he joins us on the show today to talk about his latest work and uh maybe you know we can all figure out how to be smarter as a human race i mean let's not push it but i mean maybe we can try i don't know <laughs> at least a couple of us can certainly i'm not one to be thrown rocks at the class house of uh, using your brain. Uh, Mark A. Williams, PhD, is a professor of cognitive neuroscience with over 25 years experience conducting behavioral and brain imaging research. Uh, he's published more than 70 scientific articles and received numerous high-profile fellowships and grants. He has made many TV and radio appearances to discuss topics including emotions. I have those. Technology. I have none of that. Education, none of that either, and racism. We don't want that. And even well, we can't. And even why we can't tickle ourselves, which is the main reason I actually brought him on. I mean, it's it's an excellent <laughs> book, but I really wanted to solve this puzzle. Uh, his research has been uh, featured in outlets globally, including the New York Times, The Economist, The Guardian, and New Scientists. Welcome to the show, Mark. How are you? I'm great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. We certainly appreciate it. Give us a .com so people can find you on the interwebs, wherever you want people to hunt you down and stalk you on the interwebs. So it's uh, Dr. So D, DrMarkWilliams.com. Nice and easy. There you go. And let's get something out of the way because I've lost much sleep since reading your bio. How, why can't we tickle ourselves, damn it? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the whole system set up so that we'll detect uh, things crawling on us, so spiders mm. and stuff. So uh, if we're actually tickling, trying to tickle ourselves, we get feedback from our brain saying it's you, dummy. It's not something else. So you don't have to worry about it. So you don't actually get that tickling feeling. You've actually got it. Yeah, you've got to get someone else to tickle you. I actually, um, when I read that, I tried it. I'm like, can I tickle myself? I'm like, doesn't work, does it? Doesn't work. Wow. <laughs> Okay, but yeah. the but spiders can tickle me. Well, I've I've had that. Spiders uh, can tickle you, yeah. especially this summer and spring. So, welcome to the show. Congratulations <laughs> on the new book. Uh, give us an uh, overview as to why you wrote this book, and uh, we're interested in discussing the subject with with people. Yeah, great, great question. So, I, I've I've been meaning to write this for a long time. I actually got asked by a publisher about ten years ago to write it, and I never got around to it because I was. Uh, doing too many other things, working, basically. Um, and it was actually COVID. During COVID, um, 
I got locked down here in Australia and I decided I needed a little project. So I decided to finally sit down and, and write the book. I also saw what was going on during COVID, which you know really affected us as a species um, because of the fact that we're all isolated. And so I decided, you know, it was a really good time to actually get the book written finally. Uh, but it's not all about COVID. Um, COVID just was the impetus to actually get it done. You know, most people don't know this, but you know where COVID came from? No. Vegemite. It originated from Vegemite. Yeah. Vegemite, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah wow. Have yeah. you heard that? I love Vegemite. I love it. Is Vegemite is awesome. Is <laughs> Vegemite's great friends. because... Well, yeah, but know, it's, it's what's missing from beer, right? It's what, what what we what we take out of beer. So if you have a hangover, you eat Vegemite, you get over the hangover. So, really? Maybe I should have done that in my yeah. drinking days. Anyway, that's a joke, people. Please don't start a whole conspiracy theory about that. Uh, so, 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 somebody right now is listening to the internet going, yeah, that's true. That and flat earth. Everyone knows the earth is fair, people. Uh, so anyway, let's get let's get to your book and and we'll start using our brains here as we're joking around. Um, so tell us about uh, why we are the connected species and uh, the evolution of the brain and why the hell aren't people still using it? I don't know. Yeah, so we're the connected species. I called us the connected species because we aren't the strongest animal out there and we aren't this. You know, we don't have the largest brain and we're not the the strongest animal out there. Um, but we, we became the, the alpha species on planet Earth and we've taken over basically everywhere because of the fact that we're connected, because we actually collaborate with each other. And we're the only species on the world, in the world that actually collaborates across groups. So, you know, there's bees and stuff that have these amazing uh, communities where they all work together and they have different jobs and all the rest of it. But one beehive won't turn around to another beehive and say, hey, there's some great flowers over there. You should go and use them to make honey or We've got extra honey. You want some honey this week and then you can give us some honey next week or whatever. We're the only species that does that. And we do that because we've got this amazing connected brain. And our brain has actually grown so big and, and relative to our bodies, grown to, to, to this extent because we needed to connect, because we want to mm -hmm. connect. To activate your brain, to get your brain working, to exercise your brain, the best thing you can do is sit down and talk to someone because that activates more of your brain than anything oh. else you do. Because most of our brain is involved in actually communicating, in actually talking to each other and trying to understand all the nuances of, of that connection. There you go. That we, we've had some neuroscience uh, folks on before, like yourself, and uh, boy, I learned a lot from them. Um, I'm still dumb, but I learned a lot from them. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting to me. They talked about how important it is. Uh, you know, when we had one neuroscience on who talked, one of the problems we have is with these screens and the two-dimensional factors of them, and we're really not designed or hardwired to deal with that. Uh, we're designed to watch someone, have a discussion with them, see their eyes, their their facial expressions and, and learn to read. Um, and so this is kind of interesting. So, I mean, I know we're tribal, kind of like, you know, your example of the bees, but we've learned to kind of reach beyond tribalism. And, you know, like now we have a global sort of food economy, you know, we've learned to trade off is trade off the right word where we, we learn to, you know, connect and uh, engage. And we, we see the trade off of like, you know, where the bees are like, hey, fuck those other bees. You know, we're like, hey, let's, uh, those other people, we don't really like them much because they're, you know, they're not American or something. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, but we're like, hey, hey, they got some, uh, they got really cool berries over there. So uh, we'll work with them because they got berries, eh? 
Yeah, exactly. We we now we we're willing to actually do that and and to collaborate across groups, which is why mm. you know, like I've got a computer here sitting in front of me, and all the bits and pieces from that come all from all over the world, right? Yeah. And so we're actually willing to do that. And you and I are talking across a huge you know, ocean, um, and willing to do that without any problems at all. So our mm. species is able to do that, whereas yeah, no other species is actually able to do that. Unfortunately, mm. because of the internet, we're actually becoming more divided. So in the last ten years, we've become more divided than we ever have been, and you know because of the fact that we're actually getting separated now rather than actually coming together. And that's what we need to really change. And is that because we don't spend more time humanly together? I mean, we certainly experienced a lot of that over COVID, and uh, certainly, you know, half my family doesn't talk to the other half, but I think that's most families at this point. Yeah, most of us have got become really, really isolated because of the fact that we spent a lot of time in isolation or isolated from people. So we were told we had to socially isolate, and our brains, of course, are adaptive they constantly adapt to your situation they constantly change based on what you're doing so if you're um, spending time by yourself and not actually with other people it'll adapt to that and it'll think that's actually normal and it's not normal so mm. we need to actually spend time with people because spending time actually sitting down with someone face to face is better for your brain than anything else you can do it's better than any drug that we've actually got out there in relation really? to mental health and illness yeah so don't tell the drug companies or I might get something, you know, a bomb in there. Yeah, I mean, we, that kind of makes sense because we, we live in a really depressed world and society. Everyone's on antidepressants and, and uh, whatever. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on co uh, ca coffee most of the time and caffeine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's interesting you say that. And, and it's so important that we do that. And maybe that's, you know, one of the reasonings in your book is, we need to value that connection that we have to our species. You know, I, I before COVID, I, I could go out with my friends. I could go out to eat and go out to dinner. And, and even then, it's, it's, it's harder and harder to find people to hang out with uh, and make friends with. Um, you know, where you're like, hey, do you want to go uh, do this or do that? It's, it's, it's so hard. You know, people, people just isolate in their little bunker homes at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's two things working against us. One was the COVID and, and, and all of that. And, you know, it's being told that we've got to stay away from people and we shouldn't touch people and people mm. are dirty and all the rest of it. And then you've also got on top of that in the last 10 years, we've been pushed into isolation through uh, the, the, the tech companies who are actually, you know, using algorithms and they're using ways of actually getting us addicted to the devices. So we're all spending time looking at these phones all the time. And, and our brains, as I said, they constantly adapt. It's use it or lose it. And we're not using those really important areas of our no. brains which connect us. And we're using these other ones which are just to stare at a screen. And we know that, you know, our IQ for the first time in history has gone down. Really? Worldwide. So, yeah, our IQ is going down. Media which explains a lot of things, right? We're, we're actually now here in Australia and in the US, kids, when they finish school now, are two, a year and a half behind where they were 10 years ago. Wow. So kids who are leaving school today in year 12 are actually equivalent of a 10 and a half, you know, wow. what they were 10 years ago, which is really sad. And, and again, universities have had to shift their courses as well so that they're easier because the students they're getting aren't as educated as they used to be or aren't as intelligent as they used to be. Just having a smartphone next to you actually decreases your working memory and your intelligence level. Just having a phone there sitting next to you turned off because of how addicted we are to these things. So we've really got to have a think about what we're actually doing and start doing 
See, when social media first came out and Twitter, and I was huge on social media, one of the big uh, sort of social media influencer pioneers, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, everyone saw it as a kumbaya moment of it connecting the world better. And I'm like, you know, we, we kind of became one. And, you know, it helped the Arab Spring throw overthrow some uh, bad governments. Um, and uh, it seemed to be a great thing against fighting against, you know, racism, hate, uh, you know, it, it kind of created a global community where um, it was easier for us as a tribe to go, hey, we really don't like those people. I mean, maybe, maybe if there had been that sort of stuff around during Hitler or Stalin or other uh, authoritarians, maybe, you know, things got, might got to put down sooner. But, but, the big but here, I mean, you still see that people like Putin and Iran and other places can still be repressive regimes and they, they just kind of figure out how to master the internet, China as well uh, and uh, make it so that they couldn't be affected by that And but I initially took it as like, you know, hey, it connects us more we can understand, you know I, I, I could be friends with people all over the world for the first time in my history I could sell and ship stuff and do business all over the world very easily but it, it does seem to backfire. You know, I, I remember when I first went out to dinner and I saw like a family of uh, four, two kids and, and two parents, and they were sitting there in their booth and every one of them was doing this. And I'm like, geez, that can't be healthy. There's, they're not even talking to each other. There's, there's family there and kids and they're just, they're just all like zombified. Uh, if you look at most people now, they're just walking around. And I'm guilty of this too. You know, what's on my phone? I mean, shit. I'll get up, go to my desk, go to the sink to prepare like a protein shake or something for working out, and and I'll have I'll take my phone with me. Like, oh my god, the distance of ten feet or fifteen, twenty feet or whatever. I really need a phone for that. Like, I'm. Is it that lonely on that crossing that uh, that hurdle? Yeah, it's, it's nuts how, how, how addictive we are. And there's nothing social about social media. It's clever that they call it that, but there's nothing social about it. It's an advertisement, right? It's a way of advertising what you're doing um, or what's actually out there or, or that there's some big protest coming up, which is awesome. And if we call it advertising, then then it would actually change things. But, but it is just advertising. It's not social, right? Social is about actually getting face-to-face -face with someone and actually spending time with someone. And it is really scary, especially you mentioned families, because we now know that there's this still face effect happening with children now because they're not learning how to use their facial expressions because they're not actually, their, really? their carers aren't looking at them when they actually do stuff. Wow. So they, there's yeah, a still face going on. They just have like dead face, like. They just have dual, yeah, dead face because of the fact that they never learn. Because as, as a toddler or as a, as a baby, what we do is we, we do something cute or funny and then we look up to our carer and they'll be smiling at us and we know, oh, that that's when I do something like this. That's how it happens. And so I'll do that when I do something funny. Or if I fall over and hurt myself, I look up and my carer is looking concerned and I know that facial expression goes with that 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 thing that's what wow. you know those, those things match up um but now of course carers are all on their phones like this so they don't respond to the child so the child never learns what the different facial expressions mean so they don't know how to use them so they just have a still face and now we've now we've got to, you know there's all these school programs in schools to teach kids how to you you know what a fa happy face is what a sad face is what an angry face is which is nuts that we've actually got to teach them these things because they should Wait. learn them automatically 
This is crazy. And I mean, but we're not going to pick that up looking at all the happy faces on Instagram because no one's ever sat on Instagram. Everyone's always happy. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching speaking and training courses website you can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com over there you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements if you'd like to hire me uh training courses that we offer and coaching for leadership management entrepreneurism uh podcasting corporate stuff uh with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as ceo and be sure to check out chris Voss leadership institute.com now back to the show yeah and you don't actually react to it right because you actually they, they filmed it two weeks ago or a month ago or a week ago or whatever but yeah. that's not a reaction to you that's nothing that you're actually done that's actually caused that reaction to you so therefore you're not learning anything from it you can't actually learn what happy is unless you're actually doing something positive and then someone smiles at you wow that's interesting. Now, one thing you talk about, too, is we see, hear, and empathize with and understand others uh, differently, depending upon whether they're a member of a group or not. Uh, is that, you know, one thing we, we seem to have lost is empathy. You know, we're like politically, we're at extremes in, in the country of America. I don't know how things are going in Australia, um, but I imagine it's not better. I don't know. Uh, it, that's up to you guys. But, you know, here in America, we're highly polarized in our political natures, in our, uh, we seem to be polarized in a lot of different things. Um, and, and it seems like we don't have a lot of empathy. Like, I'm in the middle uh, as a Democrat where I'm fairly moderate and I can see both sides. I haven't always been that way, but I think social media kind of pushed me that way where I was like, you know, we kind of have to start figuring out what the other person's point of view is and maybe not so much what how they're trying to achieve that, but what they're really trying to achieve at the core and how we can somehow meet in the middle of that. Um, you know, I mean, some people do have, you know, they have interests of what they're trying to achieve, maybe politically or not politically, but, you know, through politics, through what they feel life should be like. Um, and, but sometimes what they're doing is not the way to do it, but there's a, there's probably a way to bridge that gap. And so that's kind of what I've been focusing on lately. And and I think it's interesting you talk about how we, we don't empathize with each other. And maybe we don't because we've lost that facial back and forth and that reality. Yeah. So we don't have any of those really good neurotransmitters that need to be released for us actually to connect. So to connect to someone, if you do it face-to-face, -face, if you actually sit down with someone, um, the first thing we usually do when we meet someone face-to-face -face is we touch each other appropriately, of course. Mm. And, and all societies, we have some way of actually touching each other. And that's, you, you know, in stoic societies like here and in the US, we'll shake hands because that's appropriate. In Europe, they'll kiss each other on cheeks. Even the Inuits, because they're fully clothed, um, and it's so cold, they'll rub noses because it's the only bit of skin that's actually showing. We do that. And we do that for a really good reason because we have these C fibers on our skin, which are there only for touch. That's the only reason they're actually there. And when they're activated, they release oxytocin, which make us more connected to each other. So we actually feel as though we're, we're more open to actually talk to someone and become connected with them through touch. You don't get that on the internet. You can't get that on the internet. Oxytocin is also um, what's released when you have an orgasm. So it's really good neurotransmitter and it's a good thing to actually do, right? So touching someone's really important, which is why 
you know, your politicians will go out and shake hands and kiss babies and do all that sort of stuff because oxytocin's released every time, and so therefore that you're more likely to connect to the to the uh, politician oh. and actually feel as though you trust <laughs> them better. Yeah, and that's why they're they're out there doing it all the time and doing it you know, even during COVID. I think there was politicians in the US out there, you know, shaking hands and doing all that. So that's really important, and we don't get that on the internet. So we can't connect with people as well on the internet. You've also got serotonin, which is released because of your body language, and because we only see the top half, or we're looking at someone else who's actually you know doing something but they're not actually reacting to us again you need the body language which we get through the mirror neuron system and that actually gets us to actually mimic each other and it gets us to understand how we're feeling and we, it gets us to realize that the other person understands how i'm feeling so therefore they're actually connecting with it so we get a better connection there as well so you're missing all these really good neurotransmitters when you're doing it online rather than doing it face-to-face, -face, which is why it's so much better for us to do it face-to-face -face and we get a better connection with people. But we're doing, we're doing it online. But you've also got the other side of it, which is you've got algorithms running in the background on social media, which are separating a huge amount of research showing that if you don't have those algorithms running in the background and you don't emphasise the particular... Um, people who are, who, are, who are rating well, then you actually get more cohesion between groups. So groups will actually talk to each other. You get Democrats and Republicans <coughs> in different groups on the internet. They'll get closer to each other in what they're talking about. Really? You don't have those algorithms. Yeah, there's lots of lovely research showing it. But, of course, they won't get rid of those algorithms because they keep people in the groups. They isolate people and they say, hey, you're part of this group. You're not part of that group. So, therefore, you know, you really want to start you know interacting with this group and saying nasty things about this group which will give you more likes on this group so if, if we got rid of those algorithms we'd actually get closer together rather than further apart that's true and they are designed to separate us they they're designed to target rage yeah. and anger and and extreme emotions you know bob is saying this about doug <laughs> and you know you're oh uh, we better go to offend doug and damn that bob and uh you know it, it really it really has made a, a lot of issues. Is there any way the way our brains are formed? Because I think, you know, this is, seems to be the thing. These, these two dimensional, you know, flat screens don't, don't talk to us like human faces, as you said. Um, is there any way that social media and, and, you know, this online stuff can ever really help us be better or smarter? Or are we just in continual decline until we start talking to each other face to face? Yeah, so there's a couple of really easy things we could do if we're actually willing to, to put the, these educational, these, these tech companies on, on notice. If we got rid of the algorithms, actually told them they weren't allowed to use those algorithms, you actually had to just get information out that you actually wanted, right? Even if you Google, it's based on an algorithm which decides what you're going to see based on your previous searches and who you're connected with and all the rest of it. So if, they, if we said get rid of the algorithms, you've got to get rid of the algorithms, you can't use them, then we actually would. And... It's crazy because back when TV first came out, we actually had subliminal priming. So companies started using subliminal priming. As soon as the government realised they were doing that, they said, no, 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 that's not appropriate. You can't use that because that's manipulating behaviour. Get rid of it, right? And that happened within about three months of it actually being um, used on TV. Yet these algorithms that they're using now are far worse than subliminal priming in, in changing our behaviour and changing what we're thinking. But they're not actually getting rid of them. So governments could easily legislate just to say, you're not allowed to use those algorithms in the background. It's just got to be based on what people actually want to see and hear and do. And so that'd be a really easy way. The other way would just be to get rid of all the notifications. If you got rid of the likes and the comments and all those sorts of things, then you wouldn't have that 
you know, drive to, to be more nasty to the next person because someone else is nastier than you and got more like, likes. So if you got rid of the likes, again, you would improve the uh, social media and the internet overall, but yeah, virtually overnight. But you know, you made, me, you made me realize something because one of the things I, I talk about a lot is victimhood competition in our society and how we move from a very logical reasoning society to an emotional victimhood uh, uh, mentality. And the one thing I, I just had an epiphany on is, is one of the things that developed that is those likes. Because... Yeah. You know, if you if you can't get because you see it everywhere in media now, every lead story is Bob is a victim of blah blah blah, and you're like, really? Does Bob have any fucking self accountability? Like maybe Bob <laughs> yeah. just made some really stupid decisions and should just take ownership of it. You know, we used to live in a meritocracy where, you know, and then somehow we ended up with uh, with this participation trophy generation. Um, where you can't hurt anybody's feels with reality. Um, and now I realize one of the things that people are done is that uh, victim competition is, is basically, um, <clears throat> it's not only, for, it's, it's basically clickbait. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, and click, clickbait for likes, because everyone maybe rushes to a victim when someone's being like, I'm a victim. You know, it's kind of like if somebody, you know, it's drowning in the water. You, you know, everybody runs to them. Oh, we should help the, the poor person in the water. You know, that's probably our natural proclamation or whatever. I can't say it. Right. I, I flunked second grade. Um, but I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about my little theory there? Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, there's, there's a victimhood thing, which, which gets lots of likes. So it's great clickbait for, yeah. for the social media and all of the media things. And then there's the other one, which is get people angry about stuff, get people scared about stuff, you know, mm. it's either scared or angry about things. So you're either, you know, these poor victims who we're going to all click like for, which is always funny because it's like these persons had this awful thing and everyone's liking it. And it's like, well, you shouldn't really be liking it, right? Because something awful's happened. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, also, you, you, yeah somebody who goes through tragedy and if they're on the other political tribe or something, you're like, uh, you know, screw you you know someone dies and and instead of being having some reverence and some and some couth or some some empathy you go i ah, good uh, it's good that your team's losing that way and you're like really it seems uh, <laughs> kind of so macabre yeah and, and also we're we're we're, we're more removed from it as well, right? Because it's on the internet, it feels as though it's not actually real. And so we also perceive things on the internet as not as real as things that we actually experience in real life. And we don't get any feedback from it. So, you know, if you turn around and said someone, someone, you know, oh, I don't care that your, your, your son died of cancer or whatever, then, you know, if you're face to face, the person would react to that, right? And you'd actually then feel bad about saying that because this person would get upset in front of you. Whereas if it's on the internet, you don't get any of that feedback. So you can say whatever yeah. you like and you're not going to actually get a reaction to it. Holy shit. You just gave me another epiphany of so why people can talk so shitty to each other. I mean, you know, I'm in gaming, the gaming community. And, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a bit of thing that men do where they where we test each other before we're going into battle by, by uh, you know, giving each other shit as it were. Or uh, I, I, think, I can't remember what the term is for it. But basically, we test each other's moxie and backbone and 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 so we we tend to uh haze each other i think that's the word i'm looking for mm -hmm. a bit um because we know that when we go into battle we don't want the 
we don't want the one guy to run away when we're trying to kill the dinosaur or whatever the hell, you know, that's <laughs> caveman. It's, it all comes back to caveman crap. Um, and so you give me epiphany to realize why people can be so ugly to each other on the internet. Um, and so trolling and they don't, you know, because, you know, some of the things that people have said to me, uh, on the internet, they wouldn't dare say face to face. I'm a six foot tall man with broad shoulders and muscles and, and I always look like a resting bitch face. So, uh, you, you, you say something mean to me, be, people move out of my way when I move through things. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, you better be taller than me and, or more muscly than me. And even then I kind of have an attitude in life that, uh, yeah, uh, you just, you know, people just look at me and they go, oh, you shouldn't screw with that guy. That's one of those guys. There's like a rattlesnake. You don't mess with him because he will bite. And I do. And I, I have to have rabies shots routinely, according to the judges that, uh, uh, prosecute my biting people. Anyway, I'm just kidding people. We don't do that. Don't bite people. That's not a thing, but no, you give me the epiphany on that. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that normally wouldn't stand up for themselves or not even stand up for themselves. We wouldn't say any of these things normally face to face, but they'll say some pretty lousy things on the Internet because they can get away with it. And, you, you, you know, teenagers are learning that this is OK um, to actually do this because this is yeah. what teens do all the time now. And it's just crazy because what's going to happen when these teens are actually adults um, and they're actually out there you know, in the real world and they think that this is OK to do these behaviors because we need to learn how to actually do all this stuff right yes our brains have evolved to en enable us to do this but unless we learn how to do this we will never be able to do actually do it and and you look at all the 21st century skills they're all based around emotional intelligence empathy leadership being able to collaborate being able to work in teams and so on um, and teens aren't learning any of those abilities that we're actually going to need these teams to actually have you know, when they actually get there, out there into the workforce because they spend all their time on devices where you can't actually learn. The more time you spend on a device, the more likely you are to have ADHD, to have autism, to have mental health issues like depression and anxiety, and the less likely you are to be able to, to actually communicate with people and have emotional intelligence, which is which is really nuts. So we need to get teens and we need to get ourselves out actually you know, spending more time with each other um, so that we can actually develop these abilities and so we can maintain these abilities so we can actually thrive into the future rather than going backwards, which is what's happening at the moment, both from an evolutionary point of view, but also from you know, a business point of view. Productivity is worse than it's ever been. Productivity has gone dramatically down over the last 10 years because of the fact that we're all on the internet all the time. You know, wow. We've got to rethink all of this stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. I have this image in my head right now of people at a business meeting, you know, where they, they're discussing some sort of business topic and everyone's just kind of trolling each other face to face back and forth because that's what they learned as kids and the thing. You know, I, I, I remember one time I had a guy who was just constantly shit talking me on Twitter. And I, and I, and so I had an aside with him. I said, Hey, man, like, what's the deal? Like, no matter what I say, it's just, you're just always the troller. And I, I mean, I could, I don't know. I could, I could give you, I don't know, the secrets of life or something really beautiful, and you just still trash it no matter what. I mean, you're just, no matter what I do, you're just the antithesis of it. Like, there's nothing, you know. If I, if I told you that uh, your mom was awesome, you'd be like, no, she's not. You know, I mean, just any, whatever it is, the argument, you, you will do that. And I said, I said, why do you do this? He goes, this is what Twitter's for, is to troll. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't know where you picked that up, but it's not. It's actually something that technically, in my fantasy of really 
social media was supposed to connect us better. Uh, but it's not. And I had a discussion with him. I said, like, why use it this way? You know, there are better ways to use this that are more constructive than just sitting around and doing this in your mother's basement all day long. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's really, you know, been an issue over these last few years, especially the last 10, uh, 10, 20 years, is the rise of racism again. And, you know, I see it a lot in gaming. A lot of these young kids, they're, you know, using the N-word, racist tropes and things like that. We saw, you know, a certain president over here uh, tap into that trope, tropism and racism. And we just saw this huge resurgence, even to the point of up to January 6th, where we saw the Confederate flag in our goddamn capital. Um, and I'm like, we haven't resolved the Civil War from two, you know, 150 years ago, whatever. Um, and this resurgence of it. And we're just like, I'm just, we're just, everyone's like, where is racism coming? How come we're clawing back to something we thought we'd started working on since the 60s but now i see that that's that's one of the problems that we have of what we talked about here is people are willing to say stuff that they wouldn't say face to face i mean i i've heard people say stuff on comms that on, on gaming comms that i'm like you wouldn't say that certain neighborhoods are face to face with certain people but you're, yeah, you're willing to you say get a reaction here. right yeah because <laughs> yeah. you're gonna get a reaction you see you've hurt someone's feelings or you're going to see yeah. that they're going to get very angry and might, uh, might uh, you know, use you for a punching bag appropriately. So, I don't know. Diet, we shouldn't yeah. be doing violence, but that's a joke, people. Um, any of your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, you're completely right. It's, it is this separation. And we've also got the problem that because our, which I talk a lot about in the book, our, our face template and our brain is, is, is adaptive. It's constantly adapting to the situation that we're in. And so if you're constantly in your bedroom by yourself and there's no one around, then you can do whatever you bloody well like, right? And we used to be able to do whatever we like in our bedrooms um, appropriately and no one else would be affected by it. But now we can do a lot of stuff in our bedrooms by ourselves with our phones, which is affecting a lot of people all around the world because we're now connected via these phones. But we're not getting that feedback that's telling us hey this is inappropriate but also our face our face template um is designed um because it's really quite a nifty thing it's an average of all the faces we see and so if you only see say you know white caucasians all the time then your average is white caucasian and mm. therefore anything that deviates significantly from that your fight or flight response is set off for so it actually sets off that fight or flight response and the faces that you see more are the ones that it's going to be biased towards that you won't set off a fight or flight response and those that you don't see very often. So the most racist country in the world, according to the UN, is Japan because they only see Japanese faces and they only see Japanese faces in the media. So if they see anything other than Japanese face, that sets off this fight or flight response, which makes them respond negatively to that person. So we've got to... And if you look at most... I've done a couple of experiments where I've just looked at all the social media posts that people are receiving and usually it's of the same race as you, people that you actually see on the internet it end up being the same faces or the same race as you because of the, the algorithms that are running in the background and so therefore most of what we're seeing is just our race and so if we see another race it's an automatic response that you know our heart starts beating we feel anxious we feel nervous we feel uh, angry because of this really primitive drive to, to be careful of things that aren't part of our own group 
And so you've also got that working against you. So not only have you got this, you know, we're, we're isolated and we're not getting feedback, which is really important. We're also got face templates, which are becoming more narrow because of the fact that we're only seeing the same faces all the time. And so that 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 emergency, that that mechanism, which is sort of like a fire alarm, is being set off whenever we see a face which is not within that group that we're seeing all the time. Wow, that explains so much. <laughs> uh, you know, we had Eddie Glaude Glau Jr. on the on the show for his book, Begin Again, about uh, James Baldwin. And one of the things we talked about was the problem with racism in America and race relations is for so many years we've been segmented by redlining, you know, banks redlining real estate, you know, only giving loans to in certain areas, even the freeways, our communities are, are uh, segment us. Um, you know, it used to be we had, you know, this ugliness of, of, of a segregated society where we had, you know, certain bathrooms and fountains, but we got rid of that, but we still have, you know, through redlining and, and different social uh, structures and different things, even, you know, what, what uh, school boards, you know, that was a thing with the Supreme Court uh, with uh, redistricting and, and uh, stuff. But, you know, we, we tend to live in communities that look like us and we don't understand each other very well, you know. And, uh, and that explains why that's still a problem for us in America, but even more so probably on, on the Internet because, you know, it's easier for us to stay in communities of, of of uh not having a lot of friends um in in other different races and so yeah when we see them then we have that natural reaction you know we have a party here in america that's very that's very it's, it's exhibiting a lot of explicit racism in what it does which and it's, it's usually based on a lot of tropes but it is what it is and what it's attempting to do and for the most part it you know there's a lot of uh, they have this thing called uh, what is it white uh alien or white uh where they're basically worried about, um, you know, other other races taking predominance here in America in their population and also in their voting block and then making the decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a loss of white power, basically. Um, and so that's a big concern for them. But yeah, I can see that I can see the relativity of that as to how we how we do things. One thing I did back when um, Trump became president and I found out that white nationalism was behind it and white nationalism just rebranded KKK, I was like, holy shit. Um, and I started learning all the tropes that, that they used and everything. And I said, do I, I need to make sure I clean house. Like, I, I don't, I don't think I'm racist. I tried, I, I try to, I try to not grab onto these tropes, but I saw some of the white nationalist tropes that were out there. Like, you know, the word, uh, well, nationalism, you know, and, and different hoodwink, you know, wink and nod sort of words that they would use. Uh, like, uh, what was the one word that was really big? Our culture, our heritage. And I, I always thought, you know, culture, heritage, okay, American culture. But no, their they're, they're wink and nod to heritage and the word culture is different. Like our culture, not your culture, buddy. Um, and so I started doing the thing you talked about where I started walking around and trying to decide what's trying to listen to my brain what i was doing when i saw faces and people so when i go to the store i'd be like okay what i see this guy you know well whoever he is you know it could be like guy who looks like me dressed in a harley davidson outfit and I'd be like ah oh, what's this guy oh this guy's gone to prison probably probably carries a little weapon has some issues probably a large prison thing i don't know and then they'd be like wait you don't know that about the harley davidson guy 
you have no idea what his back. He might be a, just a nice guy like you who's just old and fat and, you know, he likes riding Harleys. And maybe he wears a Harley mm-hmm. Davidson jacket and leather because uh, it looks cool. You know, you don't know anything about this man at all. And so I started walking around the store and doing that sort of exercise with myself and started really listening to conversations and the bullshit I was making up in my head about the fight or flight sort of stuff and going, hey, man, you got to knock all this shit off. You don't you don't know people. So uh, maybe more of us need to do that. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. We all need to be doing that much more often. And we, we need to be looking at and viewing and hanging out with people who are of different races and different, you know, just, you know, socioeconomic status and all the rest of it so that we're actually you know, broadening uh, this face template and broadening our, our understanding of who's actually out there and all these, these templates that we have in our brain and all these things that automatically set off these things. Because it is just a, an auto pilot that actually happens right it, it automatically happens but you can retune your fire alarm so that it doesn't go off all the time it actually just goes off when there is actually an emergency or there is something that you actually need to respond to because let's face it i mean we're safer today than we've ever been in the past right there's yeah. there's actually less murders and there's less you know violence and there's less all of this um and so we need to to realize that and be much more controlled about it and we do that by yeah just hanging out with people who are from different races or different uh backgrounds and so on because everyone's got you know interesting things to say right you know you make, you, know. you make a good point that you know we live in the safest world that possible yet still like i don't know about other countries as much as mine because i, I mean america's the greatest country in the world right anyway uh i'm just kidding people i'm not uh anyway uh the <laughs> the uh we just lost the world in the audience uh so uh <laughs> So the thing here in America, the point I'm trying to make, folks, is that we've had some interesting things happen where, you know, recently we had a guy who is an African-American gentleman. He goes up and he knocks on a door. He's at the wrong house by accident and, and he gets shot. And, you know, clearly someone in that position went into fight or flight mode because they're not used to seeing a black person at their door. And they immediately thought of uh, all the horrific things and evil things that someone could be doing that they attribute to that race because they've, I don't know, maybe they've been sitting on social media too long watching videos or something or what, maybe they grew up in a racist environment, who knows, but they're steeped in that. And so when they see it, they're acting in a fight or flight. Uh, we saw that with, uh, uh, several years ago was with, with uh, three people who cha- chose chase down, uh, a black gentleman who was jogging through a neighborhood. He's just about for a jog and, and they, you know, they went and attacked him and killed him. And now they're, you know, they're uh, appropriately serving time. But you, 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 yeah, constantly you wonder why that thing happens because you're like, Jesus Christ, man, it's 2023. Right? How are we still acting this way? But now you really explained as to why that fight or flight is really kicking into people. Yeah, and it's been shown, I mean, there's been some beautiful studies done over in the U.S. where they've shown that, you know, white people, when they see um, uh, just a black face versus uh, a white face, um, then they're more likely to detect a gun. If it's a black face versus a white face, so wow. you know, and these are normal people who don't think they're racist, and you know, most of them are college students, so because that's what psychologists usually study, right? And so there's this well-educated psychology students, and if they see a black face and then they see a gun, they're much quicker to react to it than they are if they see a white face and then a gun, um, and, and other, a lot of other experiments like that, which you know, is nuts, right? Wow, and you, you just explained our whole police pro- problem over here too, as well. I mean, because, you yeah. know, we, we, 
you know, everyone's like, why are black people getting killed by police more than white people? You just nail it right there on the head. And it, it, it may be that, you know, police officers, uh, I mean, there's a whole police problem that we have in this country. Uh, there's good police officers uh, and then there's bad. And, I, you know, we've had issues with racist police officers. But and we've also had targeting in high crime areas that are sometimes developed by what I talked about by neighborhoods that have been created. And, and of course, lack of jobs, lack of opportunities and, and lack of education and in certain areas that, that contribute to it. Uh, I mean, if you can't, if you can't get work to people, I mean, this has been shown anywhere in the world, take any neighborhood, if they can't get jobs, if they can't get stuff to do, uh, and, and there aren't opportunities there for people to do something constructive, well then, Maybe folks are not going to be as, as, uh, as, I don't know what you want to call it, good. But when you're dealing with a certain group of people all the time and you're seeing them doing bad things, I imagine it can, like, like I can never be a police officer because you deal with some of the, you deal with some of the most, you deal with people doing the worst crimes at all times. And I imagine you eventually get skewed by thinking, well, everybody's this way. So if you pull a gentleman over who's just, I don't know, speeding, you're, you're probably going to react in such a way as you see them more as a as a as a uh, as a target or a mark than you would as a as a fellow human being. You know, you, you all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, we saw the overreaction with George Floyd. I mean, the guy the guy was suspected suspected. I don't think he was even proven of maybe passing a twenty dollar counterfeit bill, and somehow he ends up murdered with someone on his neck, and we see a visual lynching in America. And it, it it's it was horrific, um, and you're like, why did we? Why are we overreacting to these these situations? That and and I think you I think you've nailed the head on a, a lot of why this is going on, and 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 uh, it probably doesn't help to be on social media all the time either. Yeah, right. I mean that's going to make it worse as well. Um, yeah. But also with police officers, because again, our brains are constantly adapting to our environment, and police officers, as you said, are constantly surrounded by. <laughs> criminals right that's what they're surrounded by yeah. so therefore their brains are adapting to that that's what they're getting used to and so therefore they're going to assume that everybody's a criminal and so yeah. therefore they're going to react in that way and so we need to reprogram that as well as the fact that most of the people you know that that they're arresting might be from a certain you know um, race or a certain genre or whatever and so therefore they'll come across somebody who's completely innocent and they'll react in the same way as they did to the other person uh, which we need to reprogram as well yeah, and our crime rates are skewed too because, I mean, I think it's been proven in this country uh, by studies that white people get off more and get more lower time or they get more probation. There's less conviction rates. And then also police often make the decision of a judge and jury at a, at a traffic stop. And so there will be more leniency. I think, I think this has all been proven. Um, and, and probably a lot of it comes down to that sort of racial bias and tendencies and facial stuff. So, uh, really good stuff on neurology, uh, neurology, I flunked second grade neurology. <laughs> Here, I'll let you just say it. neurology on the brain. Uh, let's talk the, the brain. There you go. On the brain. On the brain. On the brain. <laughs> and so, uh, so basically if I want to raise my IQ, I need to spend more time face to face with people. 
Yeah, our brains are use it or lose it. So you either you either exercise it or you don't exercise it. And if you're actually spending time face to face with someone, it, it, it is better for your brain than anything else you can do. It'll activate more of your brain than anything else you can do. So you know, and it's not a hard thing to do, right? You just catch up with someone for a, a coffee or a beer and sit down with them and talk to them, and it's the best thing you can do for your brain to keep it healthy than anything else. All of these apps that are on the phones and all the rest of it, complete waste of time. Just have a chat with someone. Go for a walk with someone, you know. Um, go for a beer with someone. Have, mm -hmm. a, have a coffee with someone. Uh, best thing you can do for your brain, um, absolutely, both mental health-wise and physically as well. We now know that lonely people die 10 to 15 years earlier than people who aren't lonely, who have actually people that they can actually communicate with. We know that uh, lonely people are more likely to have cardiovascular issues. They're more likely to have dementia. They're more likely to have Parkinson's disease. They're more likely to have um, other, you know, mental illnesses as well. So we need to be spending more time with people. But you don't get the same neurotransmitters, and you don't get the same response if you're online. So you've actually got to do it face to face. There um, you go. And yeah, you know, yeah. What about even so here? Like I can see your face, you can see mine. It's is that okay? So with this, what we're getting, we're getting the dopamine release. So we're getting that really good hit of dopamine, but that's what makes us addicted to stuff and stuff. But we don't get the serotonin because we can't touch each other. So normally, oh, okay. you know, if we met, yeah, we'd shake hands um, mm -hmm. or, and we'd actually do, yeah, or touch each other on the elbow or whatever, or if we're in Europe, we kiss each other on the cheeks and whatever. That's going to release the oxytocin, which is going to get us more connected to each other, makes us feel more familiar. We'd also be mimicking each other's body language, but I can't see what you're doing oh. below, you know, about here. Yeah, and so my mirror neuron system would be reacting to your movements because our mirror system actually um, activates the motor system um, so that I'm mimicking what you're doing in my brain so that I understand what you're doing. So when you smile, I, you know, the same muscles are slightly activating my face so that I feel happy, so therefore I know that you're happy, which is why how your feeling is contagious, right? So if... if I'm sitting with you, I'll start sitting the same way. I was presenting at a school just recently. It was all year 12 students and there's a whole bunch of boys in the front and I was talking about this and it was really cool because they're all sitting exactly the same way. And I'm sure you've seen this, right? All teenagers, they all sit in the same, you know, have the same way of sitting. And different groups of teenagers will sit differently because they'll all mimic each other. And, and this happened and they all started moving to get out of their <laughs> you know, position. And within five minutes, they're all back to the same position because yeah. they all mimic because they're all part of the same group, right? Yeah. And so they're all actually yeah. trying to look like each other. Um, and so all that stuff we don't get. And that all releases serotonin, which we don't get, again, when we're online. So it's, it's an imbalance of neurotransmitters when we're online, which is why we feel shit afterwards, right? You actually you, you get a bit of a high when you're talking to someone online or when you're doing your stuff online. And then you go offline and you, you, you get this crash, the yeah. same as any other addiction, yeah? And so you, then you feel shit and, and then you want to do it again because you want to get that little high again. Whereas if you actually spend time with someone face-to-face, -face, it's much more sustaining. It's like having a home-cooked meal, you know? I, I compare it to home-cooked meal versus going out for McDonald's, right? You yeah. go out for McDonald's really easy. You can do it really quickly. You get a hit of, of dopamine um, or you get the sugar. Uh, and then you crash afterwards. Whereas if you actually do face-to-face, -face, it's like having a home-cooked meal. It takes a little bit more time, but it's much more nutritious and it's actually healthier long-term and you feel better for much longer when you actually do that. So that's why we need to do it face-to-face -face rather than online. So you'll have to fly over here and I'll take you surfing. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. As long as we can stay away from the uh, chlamydia uh, koala bears, and uh, koala bears, yeah. And uh, I'm not eating Vegemite anymore. I tried that. Uh, and the drop bears. You've heard of the drop bears, right? The the drop bears. What? The what? drop bears. Yeah. We we always warn the, the tourists about the drop bears. What's if you're walking bear? under a tree, they'll they'll drop on you and scratch the hell out of you. The koalas. No, no, they're drop bears. They're called drop bears. They're oh. Australian native. Are they a spider? You'll have to they? look it up. No, I'm they're afraid big. to look it up. They're so big, and they'll, they'll drop on you. And uh, no, they're, 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 they're an evolutionary thing that died out like a couple of million years ago. But we still talk about them. Oh, okay. So they're not they're not there anymore. Uh, okay. No, we just get yeah. tourists with it. I'm scared to Google anything about Australian animals that can kill me. On I don't you know I don't know how the human race even survives over there. I've seen the spiders and the yeah. and the, all the crazy stuff you have. It's like you know I I just figure you're all like crocodile Dundee walking around giant knives to defend yourselves all the time from <laughs> from all the mammals and then and then I don't know the guys in men at work and or ACDC. Anyway, I love that Vince. I'm just kidding people. Don't I, I don't want to lose the five people who like men at work. Uh <laughs> right now people are going men at work. What is he referencing? What is he born in the 80s or something? Anyway, uh what, what I know we're long here but one thing I want to I want to squeeze in here really quick to ask you. Uh because we're not spending each other's times and faces, we don't learn when people are lying to us as much. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason the proliferation of one of our presidents recently who lied like 10 trillion times during a five-year period and lies to us constantly and people believe it. Maybe that's one of the de-evolution of our species and we just, we don't believe when people are fucking lying and, and playing games and scamming us anymore so much. Yeah, and there's so many scams now, right? And so many scams out there. So many yeah. people are getting ripped off these days um, because of the fact that we don't see that anymore because we don't learn how to do it. Again, all of our brains, so we don't get much genetic material from our parents. Is you know, Over the last 30 years or whatever, there's been this big push on oh, how much of the genes actually affect us and da-da-da. But it's actually very, very little. Most of it's learned. The vast majority of it's learned, right? Our genes just set up this template and then we've got to learn how to do all these things and we don't learn how to actually to communicate with people, how to collaborate with people, how to, who, who's good and who's bad and who's been an arsehole to you and who's not and who's wow. been sarcastic and who's not been sarcastic and all these things. These kids are going to grow up and have no idea who to trust and who not to trust. And it'll be the ones that actually learn those things that will thrive and there's lots of evidence that that's going to you know happen and there's lots of people talking about it. And then there's going to be this huge swath of people, kids who are going to grow up into adults who aren't going to be able to work out who's lying, who's not lying, who, who they can trust, who they can't trust, how to collaborate with people, how to empathise with people, how to, how to have friends and all this sort of thing. And, and we know even things like dementia are getting, we're getting early onset dementia much, much earlier and it's much more prevalent than it's ever been before because we're not learning all these abilities and so therefore our brains aren't developing in the way they should do and so therefore they don't have the capacity to actually keep us alive for longer so we need to be you know we need to shift we're at a crossroads and we need to actually make a decision and say we don't want tech companies making billions of dollars out of our attention and our time yeah we want to actually change this and we want to spend more time with each other and even then people lying online like uh recently there was this thing with the sliver king and you can tell he uses steroids anybody who knows how people use steroids and what they look like when it does to their body and makes their organs distended and they look like a horse uh <laughs> they're clearly doing horse steroids uh but you know he fooled like so many people i don't know how uh that he wasn't taking steroids you know he's what they call a natty a natural 
a natural bodybuilder. Um, we see that with all sorts of influencers online where people lie and have this have the whole secret life going on and people believe it and they're like, oh, our lives are perfect and, you know, we're a society that never frowns or has hard times and, and then, you know, you wake up, you find, I don't know, they got a pile of bodies in their basement or, you know, they're they're not really who they say they are, you know. Uh, there's a big thing in this world now called catfishing too where, you know, and when they, now we have these filters, you know, I don't know if you've seen them on like Tinder and stuff where, you know, you can put a filter on your face and you look like a Victoria's Secret model. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And, 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 you know, unless you're really good like me with Photoshop and being a photographer and, and being able to see the nuances of a face, um, you know, people buy it and, you know, they're sending their money and love to somebody who's, you know, and they've, they've had these women that have gone on and goes, here's what I look like. And their face might have some pimples or some blemishes or maybe not be, you know, exactly what you picture Victoria's Secret. Um, and then they'll be like, here's me with the filter. And you're like, holy shit, what a difference. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're listening to that person going, oh, they must be trustworthy and believable. And they're beautiful. And they seem to have the essence of innocence. And, and really, they don't. Because there's a filter on there. There you go. Anyway, uh, Mark, this has been wonderful and very insightful. People should definitely read your book, and we should understand more about it. And I, I'm all for regulating social media. Uh, so there you go. Thank you for coming on, Mark. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Been great. There you go. And uh, order of the book, folks. Wherever, oh, let's get your plugs in really quick. Any dot coms you want people to check you out at? Uh, just the drmarkwilliams.com. Um, everything's on there, so it's easy for everybody to, to check it all out. There you go. Uh, order of the book, where fine books are sold. You can still get it uh, on advance. Uh, August 15th, 2023, The Connected Species, How the Evolution of the Human Brain Can Save the World. Thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss. And uh, be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have us out.